Hello, everybody. Welcome to Social Security Talk. I'm your host today, Mark Kiner, the guy in the red sweater. It's a beautiful day in Cincinnati, Ohio, just a little cloudy, and we are awaiting winter. And fall. Fall comes before winter. Our special guest today is Mark Murky. Mark is with Life Insurance Settlements, Inc., a company located in Fort Lauderdale. I've known Mark since 2017, and we talk so often about a strategy that advisors need to be aware of called life insurance settlements. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, everyone. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to once again speak to you about uh, the topic of life settlements. Thanks, Mark. Okay. But before we talk about that, Mark, how's your weather? Were you in impacted due to the latest uh, hurricane? Well, we got lucky. It's just a, another rainy day down here in South Florida, up in Daytona area. Not so much. They had some pretty... Uh, bad beach erosion and obviously you know a month ago we had the hurricane ian come over on the west coast and did a yeah. lot of damage to the folks over fort myers so we we just had another rainy day here yesterday so we got lucky thanks you Ryan. know I, mark i i heard a stat there have only been four hurricanes that crossed over uh florida in the month of november over a hundred or and so years i had no idea only four in november yeah, usually we get through October and we uh, we can breathe and we say, okay, we're in November, no problem. But but um, actually, hurricane season does run until the end of the month of November, which we really don't get much in the way of hurricanes. But every once in a great, great while, they creep up like we had, you know, this week. So, well, Mark, let's talk about life insurance settlements. If you don't mind, I'd love to yeah. talk about hurricanes, but. Uh, <laughs> Life insurance settlements are a little closer to the needs of our advisors. Sure. <laughs> They're talking about hurricanes. Sure. So, Mark, tell just tell us who you are, what your company is, and what you guys do. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. My name is Mark Murky, like Mark introduced me. Uh, my firm is Life Insurance Settlements, Inc., and we are a life settlement broker located down here in Pompano Beach, Florida, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And really, our goal is, is singular. Well, a few goals, but we are an advisor's complete back office for their life settlement needs. And what do I mean by that? It means when we take on a client, uh, we're able to go out to the entire market, all of the buyers that exist in the life settlement community, which there are dozens, and shop that particular client's case to those buyers. Again, put all the buyers in the same room, create a bidding process to make sure that our client, through their advisor, has achieved the highest offer possible for the sale of their policy. So we've been doing that. Uh, this is my 21st year. My partners have been in it really since the inception of the life settlement industry, which actually stems way back from the viatical settlement days, which was a little bit different clientele. But early 2000, life settlements crept up, and I got involved right in 2000. And um, all we've done ever since. And uh our job is to educate producers, advisors, consumers about the life settlement option and then help them navigate the process of the life settlement appraisal. Yeah, you know, Mark, we t every time we teach a class through either the, the on-demand videos, live webinars or live in-person classes, we always talk about life insurance settlements during uh, the middle of the day because it's such an important concept and strategy that advisors need to be aware of. I hear commercials on TV, Mark, and on the radio all the time from sure. companies like Coventry Direct and mm -hmm. Lighthouse Life sure. talking about life insurance settlements. You know, they, they always talk about 
if you have a life insurance policy you don't need anymore, you can't afford, so forth and so on, consider a life insurance settlement. Mm -hmm. So, Mark, what should advisors be aware of and how should they bring uh, the topic up uh, about life insurance settlements with their clients? Yeah. Well, the first thing is you don't need to be the advisor who has sold your client their life insurance policy. But what you do need to be is the the advisor that educates your client about the life settlement option. And I'll throw some numbers at you. Uh, there's around 500,000 policies represented about 140 billion. And that's what the B of life insurance that lapses every single year. And that's just on seniors, folks that are 65 and older. My industry appraises probably about 10,000 policies, closes, buys, purchases about three to 4,000. So you've got 500,000 policies that end up in lapse or surrender, yet my industry buys around three to 4,000. So there's a big disconnect there. Now, people buy insurance for various reasons, to protect their loved ones, to protect their business, their estate, tax reasons, whatever it may be. And the same reasons that people purchase insurance exists for why they may no longer need that insurance policy and they look to liquidate or sell or lapse or surrender that policy back to the insurance carrier. So as an advisor, it's really your fiduciary duty, your obligation to at least understand the life settlement option. Is it going to be a fit for everyone of your clients? Absolutely not. But if you were to line up 10 of your senior clients today, and I, I, I joke around with clients or advisors all the time that if you were to line up 10 of your senior clients who own life insurance and said, are you aware of a life settlement appraisal? Probably eight out of them would say, I really don't understand that. Now, our industry is doing better. You see ads on TV from Coventry, which is one of uh, the many buyers that I represent, that they're doing a great job at least letting clients know that if you have life insurance, you can have a policy appraised. And I have to tell folks that make sure you put all the buyers in the same room, which again, that's what we as a broker do. So as an advisor, if you just simply understand the life settlement concept and you can convey this to your client, there's a very, very good chance that if you do work with a lot of senior clients, you're going to come across an opportunity where a client says, yeah, I, I don't need my insurance anymore. It's served its purpose. I've owned it for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. I was thinking about letting it lapse or surrender back to the carrier for what the carrier says the value is. Hmm. At that point in time, you need to be the advisor and say, hey, don't just let it lapse. A life settlement might pay you four to eight times the carrier's cash surrender. And you can navigate that process through a life settlement broker like myself. And don't just contact Coventry direct directly or Lifehouse Life directly, because they're going to give you the, the lowest possible uh, appraisal value that they can. Yeah. And, and I tell folks, those are two good companies. Don't get oh, me wrong. I, rep, I, I do a lot of uh, business with Coventry. They're, they're one of the behemoths in our industry. Mm -hmm. And they're one of the biggest educators of consumers and advisors in our industry. So I'll pat them on the back for that. They're a great company. But keep in mind, a buyer like Coventry or Lighthouse or any of the other buyers, they're buying for their best interest. So as a consumer or as an advisor representing a consumer, you wanna make sure that you're putting all of the buyers in the same room, similar to if you're selling your house and you put that for sale sign in your front yard and you open your door on Monday morning, you saw 15 buyers lined up to purchase your house and give you an offer, what would you do? You would take every single one of those offers 
and kind of let the bidding play out. You wouldn't just look at one particular buyer and say, I'll take your offer. So it's very important that you put all the buyers in the same room, let the bidding process play out, and you'll always achieve the highest offer at that point for your client. Mark, about a year or two ago, and I, I told you about this story, a representative from, from Coventry Direct connected with me uh, directly. Mm -hmm. They want me to go to them directly and not go through a broker uh, like, like you guys, because sure. they know if I go to them directly, they're going to be able to buy policy uh, for lesser dollar amount. Uh, Mark, uh, $540 billion of life insurance value death benefit lapses each year. That what you it's said? Actually five, it's actually 500,000 policies lapse each year, and that represents a total death benefit of around $140 billion. That is a oh, Okay. So $140 billion of death benefit lapses each year. Correct. 500,000 policies lapse each year. Correct. Got it. So when so when advisors are meeting with, with older clients, uh, mm -hmm. clients that you know, baby boomers, they sure. should always bring up the discussion on, on life insurance policies because yeah. many, many owners of policies, they bought the policy years and years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, but now maybe they can't afford the policy. Mm -hmm. Maybe they don't need the policy anymore. Some yeah. or maybe they'd rather we uh, invest those assets elsewhere. And, sure. and so many times, like you said, uh, Nine, uh, life uh, an, an owner will let a, a life insurance policy lapse or just surrender it for cash surrender value. Yeah, I'll throw, uh, I'll throw a couple other stats out at you. Go for it. That 85% of all universal life policies and 88% of term policies actually end up in lapse or surrender. What does that mean? It means the client bought that policy, held on to it for 5, 10, 15, 20 years, whatever it is. And have come to the realization that they no longer need or want or can afford that policy. And most of the time, 90% of the time, they go back to the insurance carrier. And in the case of a term policy, if you let that lapse, you get zero. And in the case of a universal life policy where most clients run into, they, they all of a sudden realize that their cash surrender values are dropping. Maybe premiums are increasing and they go, well, I'm done. I don't need this universal life policy anymore. So what's my best option? And unfortunately, they do go back to their carrier because a lot of times the client isn't aware that a life settlement appraisal on average will come in four to eight times what the carrier's cash surrender value is. So as an advisor, it's an absolutely important option of fiduciary obligation, if you want to say that, to at least let your client know that, hey, if you're considering that lapse or surrender, if you're like 80% of the individuals out there that let those policies go, at least have it appraised. It doesn't cost the client anything. And when we take on a client, I usually figure we're going to get some type of an offer. So, uh, Mark, I have a universal life policy, and mm -hmm. that's going to hit me one of these days. Uh, sure. I have i don't know how long I've had it. I'm going to say 20 years, maybe 30. Who knows? Sure. <laughs> and I'm, I'll be 67 February of 2023. Right. So it's going to uh, be almost be time for me to, to connect with you to sure. see what my policy might be worth, because sure. sooner or later, that policy, like you said, the premium will start to, to jump on me uh, and my or my and or my cash surrender value may start to decrease. So sure. I'm going to have to look at that pretty closely. Yeah. And I, I tell advisors that when you do a life settlement appraisal, 
you're going to give your client the most comprehensive view of why it makes sense to sell their policy or perhaps not. And what do I mean by that? I mean is we when we take on a client, we do collect medical records, we do mortality, i.e. life expectancy studies. So now you can sit down with your client through a life settlement appraisal and you can say, okay, well, Mr. Client, we did a life settlement appraisal. Here's the cash life settlement offer opposed to your cash surrender. So the life settlement offer maybe came in four or five times higher. You can also discuss with your client, we did a mortality study, again, life expectancy study. And based on that, you have another 10 years of premiums you can pay. So now you can sit down with that client and really give them options. You can look at that UL policy or that convertible term, IUL, VUL, survivorship, whatever it is, and say, okay, your mortality says you have 10 years to live. Here's what that equals in premium payments. Here's your life settlement offer above and beyond the cash surrender value. What would you like to do, Mr. Client? So you really get a very comprehensive view of why it makes sense to sell the policy at that time. Or there are times where our life expectancy comes back very short and we say to the client, maybe you want to hold on to that policy. So again, it's a very comprehensive view of the client's insurance, their mortality, their cash versus selling the policy. Uh, so you as an advisor look outstanding when you do this life settlement appraisal and you can sit down with your client and they can make an informed opinion or, or informed judgment on, hey, maybe I should sell this or again, maybe they don't want to. Mark, you threw out a couple stats a few minutes ago. Sure. Uh, I forgot what they were. You were talking about uh, universal life policy lapsing or uh, yeah, the numbers, term. The, yeah, the numbers are 85% of universal life, or excuse me, 85% of term policies and 88% of universal life policies end up in lapse or surrender. That's a Got fact. It. Okay. So again, the client has bought the policy, come to the end of their, for term policies, they come to the end of their term period, whether it's 10, 15, 20 years. Mm -hmm. And most all of the time, the client doesn't want to convert that term because premiums go from here to low level to up here, because you have to convert it to a permanent product like a UL policy. Mm -hmm. And those clients typically just walk away with zero. That's when you want to pump the brakes and say, well, hold on. If you're 65 and older and you own this convertible term that's still within its conversion period, have a settlement appraisal done because you might walk away with 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 grand on your million dollar policy. Or if it's a hundred thousand dollar policy, you might walk away with five or 10 grand. So those mm -hmm. are um, great policies to consider term policies. And then, like I said, universal life is really the bread and butter of our industry. Probably 70% of the transactions in my industry do involve a UL type product. So what what age client is perfect? Am I perfect at 67? Should I wait till I'm 70? What are you thinking, Mark? Yep, good question. So everything's centered around life expectancies in my industry. The buyers that I represent, they're wanting to buy policies on individuals that have life expectancies, typically under 20 years or so. So what we look for is the minimum criteria for an age is age 65 and above. And if you're 65 to 70 and perfectly healthy, might not make the best fit. The best fit in a life settlement scenario health-wise is typically a client who took out their insurance, whether they were preferred, standard, or rated, doesn't matter. And 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the road, they've had a health change. They do not need to be dying or have significant health issues. But if they've had a health change since the original issuance of that policy, they really start to make a very good life settlement client. So at age 65 is the cutoff. Now, there is a caveat to that. 
we do see clients that are impacted by very, very serious health illnesses, ALS, terminal cancers, things like that, where they have very shortened life expectancies. And those clients might be under the age of 65. Those we can look at too. And those are scenarios that, you know, they pull on your heartstrings. I've helped many individuals out that wanted to sell their policy to use the money to fund medical costs, help them through maybe a hospice or whatever it is. But those clients can be looked at. But by and large, most of the industry are looking for 65 and above, uh, some change in health. And the older the client and the less healthy, obviously, the larger our offers are going to be. So I guess in my situation, Mark, I'll be 67. Mm -hmm. I'm relatively healthy, kind of, you know, diabetes issues, mm -hmm. uh, cholesterol issues, all the normal stuff. So I, I so I'm thinking, Mark, that my policy probably won't be at that valuable at this age. Well, the second driver you want to look at. So the first driver is going to be the client's age and general health, i.e. their mortality rating, their life expectancy. Yeah, the right. Second, yeah. The second thing we're going to look at, and we do a lot of transactions on folks that are in their late 60s, early 70s that are still somewhat healthy. But we do those type of transactions usually when the policy premiums are very cheap. So if you're a 67-year-old male and maybe you've just got some very not life-threatening illnesses, but a few few uh, health changes over the years, and you own a policy where the premiums are, say, less than 4%, 5% at the most of, as a premium to death benefit ratio, those two things might stack up, meaning you still may have a life expectancy of 20 years, but if you own a policy that the premiums are very cheap, buyers can look at that and say, okay, we can take that and we can still put an offer on the table. But by and large, the two drivers that the buyers are looking at, they're going to want to see life expectancies under 20 years. And then they're just going to go look at the policy. And if those policy premiums are under, say, 5% as a premium to death benefit ratio, you potentially can, okay. can get an offer on that policy, even if you are 67 and, and somewhat healthy. Got it. Well, I'm hoping that I live until 90, so I'm not within that 20-year time period. But that's only my, my wishes and desires, Mark. It may not actually be reality. Well, standard standard mortality in my industry on a healthy male is to age 93 and standard mortality on a healthy female is to 96. And I say my industry because our industry, we do deal with clients that usually are higher net worth, mid net worth. They have access to better medical care and they do follow doctor's orders. So what we see from our client base typically is longer life expectancies compared, compared to the average life expectancies, which I think for males is mid 80s and females mm -hmm. late 80s. So my industry, we do see clients that are a little bit healthier. They will take care of themselves through doctor's orders. So the life expectancies we see are a little bit longer in the life settlement industry. So Mark, all interested parties must sign off on this, right? Just to avoid any litigation later. Yeah, and that's a good point you, you you bring up. In a life settlement transaction, everybody that's attached to that policy will be notified that the policy is being sold. So you have the insured who will sign off saying that they're okay with selling their policy. If you're the beneficiary, you will sign off. If you're a trustee of a trust-owned policy, you will sign off. A wife, anybody that's attached to the policy is going to know that you, the insured or the owner of that policy are selling the policy. Now that's to protect the advisor, that's to protect the consumer, it's to protect the buyer. We want that transaction to go smoothly. In a life settlement transaction, 
Uh, we don't get consumer complaints in this industry. I've been doing this 21 years and I think we've had one or two complaints and that's shocking. There will be one or two complaints in the financial services industry while we were talking over the last 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. My industry, you have sign off across the board. Regulations are put in place so that every party that's involved with that life insurance policy is at least contacted. They'll sign off on the transaction. They are aware that mom and dad or whoever it is are selling the policy and they're selling it for a cash offer. And once that policy is bought, that cash offer is given to the client, to the owner of the policy, and everybody walks away happy. So Mark, the proceeds from a life insurance settlement can be used for any re any purpose, right? Yeah, this is no different than selling any other asset you're on, you own. Your okay. stock, bonds, house. When we give a client a cash offer, that's their money. Okay. Now, most of the time and where this gets good for the advisor, you know, the advisor does get compensated on a life settlement transaction. But now when we've sold that client's policy and whether we've given them 10 grand or a million 10, it doesn't matter. That advisor that's brought that appraisal represented his client, he or she is the first person in line to sit down with that client and say, okay, Mr. And Mrs. Jones, we just sold your policy here. We got you $50,000. Would you like to reinvest that into a better product that suits your needs, whether that's long-term care, whether yeah. that's socks you sell and an annuity, mm -hmm. whatever it is, you're the first person in line. And I, boy, I think wealth managers are missing the boat. And I've talked yeah. to some of the biggest groups out there who just say, well, we, we're not familiar with life settlements. Yep. We don't do them. We're financial advisors. And mm -hmm. I have to remind them that, well, your fiduciary obligation is still to your client. Yeah. If you can bring up the life settlement option, even though you didn't sell them in their insurance, you're first in line to take that money through the life settlement proceeds and reinvest into a product that you, Mr. Advisor, can recommend to your mm -hmm. client. Believe me, I understand life insurance settlements. What I don't understand is uh, uh, reverse mortgages. <laughs> I get those phone calls from reverse mortgage advisors. I know it's a good strategy, but I don't understand it well enough to talk about it. Right. Uh, Mark, how do folks contact you? Yeah. Um, my, my number, uh, I think maybe you'll put it up on the screen or whatever you want, but my, yeah. uh, I give folks my direct cell number. I'm the type of person that whether you're on the West coast, East coast or middle, I can be contacted at any time, any day. My phone number is nine, five, four, three, two, six, nine, three, seven, eight. Again, that's nine, five, four, three, two, six, nine, three, seven, eight. And then my email is Mark M at lisettlements.com and settlements is plural. So Mark M at lisettlements.com and our firm can be, uh, you can log on www.lisettlements.com. So Mark, my last question for you today is why do you think advisors are missing the boat with this strategy? You know, I've been promoting it, Mark, since 2017. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, it doesn't seem like I've had a lot of people of, of advisors interest in talking to the clients about life insurance settlements. And that just blows me away. We're a young industry. We're, we're call it 25 years old. Life insurance industry has, been, has existed for a lot longer. People are familiar with life insurance. The life settlement industry is still a new concept. And there's plenty of facts and figures and studies that we do. But the latest one came out that 90% of the time, 90, when a client has lapsed or surrendered their policy, had they just known about a life settlement, they would have looked into it. So the, the thing that's holding our industry back has been lack of education. So when I see uh, 
uh, advertisements on the television by Coventry. I love it. They're educating consumers. So whoever's out on the TV and it costs a lot of money to do those ads. I love to see that. But lack of education has always been the biggest thing that's held us back. You unfortunately have broker dealers, you have wealth management firms that have not woken up to the life settlement option. And usually it's just because of lack of education. Their compliance officers don't know that E&O coverage is provided. They don't understand that everybody signs off to protect everyone in, involved. But if they were to get on board with this, and I'll go back to those stats. Again, there's 500,000 policies that lapse every year, 140 billion of life insurance. You appraise your stocks, your real estate, any of your valuables, you appraise them when you no longer need them. And then you sell them in a secondary market. Well, why aren't we doing that for life insurance? When 90% of the time, the clients aren't even made aware of this, we're not doing, and I say we, the financial advisors out there, life insurance agents, we're just not doing a good enough job of taking the life settlement information in, understanding it, and then just conveying it to your client. And so broker dealers and large wealth management firms out there, I hope they're listening because they're probably missing the biggest boat out there. They're in front of their clients talking to their clients about whatever it is. If you're a CPA, you're in front of your client talking about taxes. You should at least be able to tell them, oh, hey, you own this life insurance. And if you ever consider letting it go, make sure you have a life settlement appraisal done, just like you would do on any other asset. This is an asset you need to have appraised if you're over the age of 65, own any type of life insurance policy that has a death benefit, 100000 or more, you absolutely need to have it appraised in a life settlement valuation to see if that appraisal is going to come in much more significant than what your life insurance carrier is telling you. Well, thank you, Mark. I definitely uh, appreciate your time today. And I will continue to educate our advisors and everything that we do whenever possible about life insurance settlements. Advisors can connect with me directly. You know who I am, Mark Kiner, my email address. You all know mkiner at mypremierplan.com or just connect directly with Mark Murky. And he can definitely tell you if a client's life insurance policy is, is something that he can work with in terms of a life insurance settlement. <laughs> I don't know go, if you Mark. can see that, but there's my card and maybe you can see that information, but uh, there you go. You. I always appreciate that, Mark. You uh, you do a great job of educating your your uh, consumer, advisor, customer base there. So anytime I can answer questions from your crowd, I'm always happy to take a phone call, which that's how a life settlement appraisal starts. Starts with That's the how call. they start. You got it, Mark. Mark, thanks for your time. I definitely will get you back on another webinar or a podcast uh, sometime soon, maybe uh, first month or so of 2023. Sounds good. So this ends today's edition of Social Security Talk. Bye, everybody. Thank you, Mark. <laughs>